Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 13th of January. India recorded close to 16,000 fresh COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours and the total tally of the infection moved closer to the 1.05 crore or 10.5 million mark. Active cases remained below 3 lakh for the 23rd consecutive day. A little over 200 fresh fatalities were recorded countrywide. India's COVID inoculation drive is scheduled to begin in two days from now. The CEO of Serum Institute of India, Adar Poonawala, said yesterday that the institute will provide the first 100 million doses of Covishield to the government at 200 rupees each. The first consignment of the vaccines were dispatched to 13 cities from the Serum Institute yesterday. Maharashtra, Karnataka, Gujarat, Madhya Pradesh, Goa, Delhi and Kerala confirmed their receipt of the first vaccine consignments. Meanwhile, the first consignment of Bharat Biotech's controversial vaccine candidate Covaxin arrived in Delhi this morning. Covaxin was the second vaccine that was given emergency use approval recently along with Covishield. In a COVID-related update from the state of Tripura, the BGP-led government assured journalists in the state that they will get COVID-19 vaccines on a priority basis. However, according to the center's December 28th update on the operational guidelines for the COVID-19 vaccine rollout, journalists have not been included in the list of frontline workers. Pranab Sarkar, secretary of the Agartala Press Club, said and I quote, Chief Minister Biplab Deb has assured that journalists, being frontline warriors, will be given COVID-19 vaccines on a priority basis. Unquote. According to Northeast Today, the press club had earlier sent the chief minister a letter stating that media workers were also frontline workers. They added that media persons should therefore get the vaccine on a priority basis along with their family members. The decision comes in the backdrop of tension between the Tripura government and journalists in the state. Journalists have alleged that the government has created a hostile environment for press. Incidentally, after the allegations by the journalists, the Tripura government had announced a health insurance cover of 5 lakh rupees for journalists in the state. As the farmers' agitation on the borders of Delhi entered its 50th day, farmers marked the festival of Lori by burning copies of the three farm laws today. Lori is a festival traditionally celebrated in North India to mark the beginning of spring. The Supreme Court of India yesterday recommended names for the independent committee that is being formed to resolve the deadlock between the centre and the farmers. The committee's panel will include agricultural economists Ashok Gulati and Pramod Kumar Joshi, Shetkari Sangatan President Anil Ghanavat and the National President of the Bharatiya Kisan Union, Man Faction, Bupinder Singh Man. The farmers, however, refused to appear before the Supreme Court-nominated panel and called it pro-government. The union said that the members of the committee support the contentious farm laws and called the setting up of the committee a government ploy. Many observers too have pointed out that all the members of the committee in the past have spoken out in favour of the farm laws. Haryana Deputy Chief Minister Dushyant Chautala was scheduled to meet Prime Minister Narendra Modi today to discuss the farmers' protests in the state. This meeting came a day after Chautala and Chief Minister of Haryana Manoharlal Khattar met Union Minister Amit Shah amid the mounting pressure of the protests. The Chief Minister, however, said that the meeting was about law and order while adding that the coalition government in his state was stable. As the Supreme Court put an indefinite stay on the centre's farm legislations, a huge convoy of tractors left Punjab's Amritsar for Delhi yesterday. Farmers had announced that they would intensify their agitation during the Republic Day celebrations on January 26th by holding a parallel tractor rally. 
The centre had on Monday approached the Supreme Court in order to stop the farmers' rally on Republic Day by saying that it would be a nationwide embarrassment. Questions are being raised about the members of the Supreme Court-nominated committee to resolve the standoff between the protesting farmers and the Narendra Modi government. On Monday, farmer unions leading the protests had rejected the top court's suggestion to appoint a committee to resolve the ongoing crisis. If you're wondering why the farmers are sceptical about such a committee and calling it pro-government, well, one look at the opinions and the views of the committee members will give you the answer. And no, you do not have to go and look them up on your own. Save the effort because News Laundry's Ayush and Basant have you covered. The duo, in their latest report, detail the views of the members on the farm laws and how all of them have backed the laws sometime in the recent past. To read the detailed report, head to newslaundry.com. The report is titled, Farmer Protests, All Four Members of the Supreme Court Panel Back the New Farm Laws. Dear listeners, News Laundry reporters have been constantly at their feet to bring you the latest information on the farmer protests. While most legacy media houses reported on the Supreme Court-appointed committee and the pro-government leanings of its members just today, Ayushin Basan pointed it out in their report yesterday itself. At News Laundry, we are always striving to keep our audience informed because when you pay to keep news free, we do our job of bringing it to you. So if you're not a subscriber already, hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of our website and be a proud member of an independent news organization. Dear listeners, please consider this a trigger warning as the following news story contains graphic details of sexual violence. In a shocking incident, a 15-year-old deaf and mute girl was allegedly gang-raped in Bihar's Madhubani district. The police said today that the minor's eyes were damaged with a sharp object so she could not identify the perpetrators. Three people have been arrested in connection with the incident that took place on Tuesday. According to the police, it happened when the minor had taken her goats out for grazing. The police added that all the accused hail from the same village. One of the children from the village informed the girl's family about the incident. The family then found her lying unconscious in a barren field in a neighbouring village. She was admitted to the nearby community health centre from where she was referred to a hospital in Madhubani given her critical condition. Doctors said that both her eyes were damaged but it is yet to be ascertained whether she has lost her eyesight completely. The Facebook-owned messaging app WhatsApp recently updated its privacy policy, leaving users concerned about non-consensual sharing of their private data. The app yesterday issued clarifications over the questions being raised. Over the fear that users to remain on WhatsApp would be forced to share information with Facebook, the company said and I quote, the update does not change WhatsApp's data sharing practices with Facebook and does not impact how people communicate privately with friends or family. WhatsApp remains deeply committed to protecting people's privacy. Unquote. The company said that it could not see the private messages of users or hear their calls. It also emphasized that Facebook could also not read messages or calls of its users. On questions over the dynamics of business messages being changed, the company said that the updated policy makes it easier and better if the users choose to message businesses on Facebook. Its statement read, and I quote again, Messaging with businesses is different from messaging with your family or friends. Some large businesses need to use hosting services to manage their communications, which is why we are giving businesses the option to use secure hosting services from Facebook to manage WhatsApp chats with their customers, answer questions, and send helpful information like purchase receipts. Unquote. WhatsApp added that users will have the option of messaging business owners from the app if they see an advertisement on Facebook. 
It also added that Facebook might be able to use the way users interact with these ads to customize advertisement content on the social media platform. This is the company's second clarification since it rolled out the new policy that users have to accept by February 8th. After facing criticism over the updated policy, the company on January 9th had said that its latest update describes business communication and does not change its data sharing practices with Facebook. In order to contain the mass panic over its policy, the company today went as far as putting full-page advertisements in several newspapers. The social media company published full-page ads today in leading newspapers such as Hindu, Indian Express and The Times of India titled WhatsApp Respects and Protects Your Privacy. The ad includes the sentence, respect for your privacy is coded in our DNA. Other leading English dailies such as the Hindustan Times did not carry such an ad, nor did Hindi newspapers such as Amar Ujala and Dainik Bhaskar. Interestingly, while the Mumbai edition of the Times of India carried the advertisement on its front page, the Delhi edition ran it on the last page, as did the Chennai, Ahmedabad, Bangalore, Kolkata and Lucknow editions. And now for some international updates. The global COVID tally surpassed the 91.6 million mark today, while fatalities from the virus mounted to 19.6 million globally. More than 50.7 million people worldwide, however, have recovered from the virus so far. The US on Tuesday reported a record high of over 4,300 COVID-19 deaths in a day since the beginning of the pandemic. The only other time the number of deaths have breached the 4,000 mark in the country was on January 7th when 4,194 total deaths were reported. US federal officials today recommended the states to widen the eligibility criteria for vaccine administration to include people as young as 65 or those who have chronic health conditions. In an update from the Middle East, the daily COVID-19 cases in the United Arab Emirates crossed the 3,000 threshold for the first time. UAE's health ministry late yesterday reported more than 3,200 new daily infections that was the highest in the Gulf Arab region where daily cases in each of the five other countries have fallen below 500. In Taiwan, health authorities said today that they had confirmed the first case of the highly transmissible South African variant of the COVID-19 virus. Meanwhile, to the northeast of Taiwan, preparations for the Summer Olympics are underway in Tokyo despite the pandemic. The president of the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee, Yoshiro Mori, said that preparations for the Summer Olympics will continue. Mori, who is also the former Prime Minister of Japan, added that postponing the Games for a second time would be absolutely impossible. The Japanese government and the International Olympic Committee in March last year had decided to postpone Tokyo 2020 Olympics by a year due to the pandemic. Many members of the Republican Party in the United States have said that they will vote to impeach the President Donald Trump over his role in last week's violence at the U.S. Capitol. Liz Cheney, the third most senior Republican in the House of Representatives, said that Trump had lit the flame of the attack that resulted in five deaths. A vote in the Democratic-controlled House is expected on Wednesday. Meanwhile, in his first public appearance since the riot, the President took no responsibility for the violence. He said, and I quote, The impeachment is causing tremendous anger and they're doing it, and it's really a terrible thing that they're doing. Unquote. He added that the move to impeach him on a charge of inciting insurrection over the Capitol attack was a continuation of the witch hunt against him. Trump has been accused of encouraging his supporters to storm the Capitol building at a speech before the riot. Vice President Mike Pence, meanwhile, rejected the call to strip Trump from power by invoking the 25th Amendment. This would have made way for the House to move forward with the impeachment process. 
the House had voted to adopt the non-binding resolution that asked Pence to declare Trump incapable of executing the duties of his office and to immediately exercise the powers as acting president. Democrats, who are now in a majority in the House of Representatives, are expected to push for a vote to impeach Trump and to formally charge him with inciting insurrection. The vote is likely to pass. The case will then move to the Senate, where a trial will be held to determine his guilt. A two-thirds majority will be needed to convict Trump, meaning at least 17 Republicans will have to vote for conviction. According to a New York Times report, as many as 20 Senate Republicans were open to convicting the president. However, it is unlikely that a trial, if conducted, will be finished before Trump leaves office on 20th of January, when Joe Biden will be sworn in as the president. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. In this week's episode of News Laundry Hafta, the panel discussed the Capitol riots, Julian Assange and the Central Vista project. Here is a short clip from their conversation. I think my only problem with this is procedures not being followed. Simple. Why I'm saying this? Because in the past, when I was a cub reporter, I had been filing many stories of violation of Delhi master plan. And I had even gone to Daman and Diu, there also I had filed, where, where the people had on the sly, the administrators go there to get the drunk from Gujarat. No, they, they, no, they, they sold. They, they, they just overnight they changed the maps and they changed the land use from, uh, you know, say residential to industrial. Because when the land becomes commercial, it becomes very expensive. Right. Okay, so there, I know it for a fact that FIRs have been filed, criminal cases have been filed, people were, uh, you know, suspended, dismissed. And now here is a case of Central Vista in nine, 2019, we are told that this has happened and the Delhi master plan, see the Delhi master plan, which is always made for 20, 20 years, it is not easy to change. So here, the central government, because the land is the central government issue, it's not with the Delhi government. Mm. So they change it overnight, and they announce the entire project. and And, and when they announce it, even the chief architect had already been appointed for the project. Okay, the project, uh, everything was ready when it was announced in 2009. So I, I presume that they had been working on it for the past one year or so. So, so no transparency, no procedures being followed. That's my only objection. Even if you want to do it, please do it by all means. But be transparent about it. Follow the rules. I mean, it is not just we, uh, the the common people have to follow all these rules. Even the, these people, uh, the politicians also will have to follow it. My biggest problem with this is A, the money, 20,000 crore on a project that I don't know if you really have a need for except for placing Modi's name in the history of... I don't know, leaders that change the, literally that change the face of the capital. And I think one more thing that, uh, of course, there are environment clearances that they wanted, but we are, again, um, we witnessed some really terrible uh, days of pollution in Delhi. I think we're still in the midst of unhealthy or severe. Mm. This is a time where we should be looking at how to fix the air and you're going to have such a massive construction project in the heart of the city. This is going to really impact the air quality even worse. I think like at this time, the Delhi government and the center should be figuring out how to fix, permanently fix pollution and construction and figuring out construction work, stopping it for some time or making sure that there are, you know, those uh, big, you know, drapes over walls, over the buildings when you start constructing that kind of stuff to stop pollution. I mean, to me, it's just not a priority right now. I don't know why this is so important at this point. 
To listen to the complete episode, subscribe to News Laundry because we are a 100% ad-free news platform. We believe that in order for news to stay independent, it needs to be free from the clutches of advertisers and sponsors. So go to our website and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 